Hello, hello, hello. Thanks and welcome back to Judges Digest Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Barbu. I'm a gut health practitioner and certified nutritionist specializing in chronic illness. Uh, you know, we have been having amazing conversations, me and this very special guest. And this is actually the second time we are recording this episode because the first time Technology was not on our side. I don't know. Maybe like the FBI was listening. They're like, this is too. <laughs> this is maybe it's like too many drop mic moments, you know, too many, too many things, too many things, too many things. I, I haven't told, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my husband actually almost was in the FBI, like within the last. You did. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's yeah, so yeah. funny to me. <laughs> and so this is the second time. Uh, technology was not on our side the first time and the first time it was pretty fire so if the first time you talk about something you're like oh my god the second time listen this episode is about to blow your mind we are going to talk about bmr and uh t-d-e-e so i know that sounds like a bunch of letters put together but sarah is going to introduce herself she's going to tell us what she does and why she's talking to us about it and we're going to get down to the biology of metabolism you ever hear like um maybe like you and your like best friend um uh you guys go out to like uh like a coffee shop or something and she gets like two donuts and she doesn't put a pound and you get like like a sandwich and you put on five pounds right mm -hmm. so this is gonna answer that question why that is how this happens um you know calories in versus calories out things like that so no further ado sarah please tell us all the things about you well i just am really excited to re-record because i was just as like oh another hour with cheddar like this is like sign me up like i'm game thank you so, thank i you love this i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah i know thank you for having me back again and um so i'm really excited to be here you guys Jenna's a wealth of knowledge. I'm just, I sat next to her one night at a, a, a mom's event and we just hit it off. So um, it, get in the room with people, guys. Get in the room with people. But anyways, okay, so who I am. I am um, a mom of three. I run my own business called um, Consistency Over Perfection. That is at my, I go by CP Fitness essentially. And I've been a person that struggled with my weight my entire life. I grew up knowing I was the biggest kid in the classroom. Um, I struggled with food constantly. I had parents that, you know, both worked and I would, you know, after school go home and my snack would be bananas covered in chocolate sauce with Oreos. And then I'd hit the chocolate chip cookies and then a glass of milk. And then, and then I would still eat dinner and dinner typically was compromised of fat and carbs because who needs protein, right? Nobody. Um, and not to, not to bash my mom and dad, they don't know any better. Just like I didn't know any better. Their parents didn't know any better talk a lot about generational things. Uh, we, we talked about that the first time. We'll probably get into that a little bit today again. Um, yeah. But just not knowing what I was supposed to be doing. And so this is an issue that I struggled with my entire life. I blamed everything on having big bones that were just Italian. We don't know what portion sizes look like. We scoop carbs with carbs. They're like, this is just, it, it is who I am. Like this has to be, it was like my definition of who I am. This is just why I'm the way I am until um well he's kind of hard like my husband is former military and during this process I, I went through a really gnarly divorce ended up moving back home to Michigan and during this time I, I met my husband my now current husband and he was in the military he was a canine handler and got an opportunity to go back overseas 
And by this time I'd gotten the quote fat and happy new relationship, even though I wasn't happy, right. I yeah. was unhappy as hell, happy in my relationship with him. Like I loved this man. Like I've never loved somebody before, like by choice, right. My kids, but like, I was so unhappy with, with myself. I didn't want him to touch me. I would talk about my fat. Don't, don't have sex with me. I don't know why you're attracted to me. How is it possible? I turn you on all these negative, terrible things. And I tapped out around 240 to 250 pounds. I don't even know. I was probably pre-diabetic, if not type two, for sure. Like I was not going to tell, you know, go get blood work done to have somebody tell me that I was yeah, that way. Cause that was scary. That was, that was scarier to actually yeah. see it on black and white Right. To be like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. Um, because it, the bottom line is that I knew that I did it. Like I got mm -hmm. myself. You don't get to type two without you having a hand or playing a role in that. And I don't want that. that that's not me. I, I, I didn't want to do that to myself. Um, and so he took this job and he worked overseas probably nine out of 12 months a year. And so I just started going to the gym and started doing things. And then like nine months in and I'm still like, man, I can't, nothing's clicking. And I, I ended up joining Weight Watchers again for like the 85th time because I'm like, I can't figure this food piece out. Like it, nothing was clicking. And um, it wasn't until I started really incorporating strength training and understanding how macros work and the importance of protein and why fats are important and diversity of food and all these things. And I was like, oh, we have really overcomplicated this fucking process, like yes. majorly. Yep. And it really can be this simple, even though I always say things that are simple doesn't mean that they're easy. And so the process of losing the weight became very simple to me. And then as I got into it and as I get into it, I'm like, oh, this is a lot easier than I thought it was because I've overcomplicated it my entire freaking life. Yeah. Um, and so 80 pounds down over the course has been about eight years now. Uh, and now I... Yeah. And now I try and strive to help women do the same thing. And I do weight loss, right? This is like what a lot of women come to me for, but it's really more inner work, brain work, mind work, learning about yourself, fixing the relationship that you have with food, understanding food is fuel and understanding what it does for our bodies. And it can be emotional at times. Like you're European. This is very food is emotional. Food yes, is exactly. emotional. Let's let's yeah. pause there real quick because yeah. that's that's why things get very complicated because mm -hmm. we have that that emotional relationship with food. I mean, think about you know every single time something good happens. This is like for for me, for you, for for the community, the people listening to this right now. Think about like the foods that you eat when you're happy. Think about the foods that you eat when you're sad. Right? You and me both have those foods. We're professionals in this, and we still have those foods because we have <laughs> made that relationship. But simplifying the relationship and giving yourself some grace and being like, instead of what can I take out, think okay, what can I add in. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. OK, yeah. let's yep. go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> okay. So um, so now, you know, this is what women come to me for. But we do a lot of those those inner works and understanding our relationship with food better. Um, and I don't want to say we go back and fix things, but kind of like you're talking about, we acknowledge like, oh, now I know why I spent after school, like eating bananas covered in chocolate sauce with Oreos on top and then hit the chocolate chip cookie. I understand a lot more why I was doing those things. And so it's like learning how to work through that so that that's not what I always turn to. Um, and so now 2024, 
here we are and still helping women do this. And very much like you, I know you always talk about elite in the basics, get elite in the basics. So my rebrand for 2024 is the basics bitch. And that's because I have kind of found the five basics of overall health that get women where they want to go. And so my basics are protein, movement, water, stress management, and sleep. Probably sound familiar if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very, very familiar to me, right? Very familiar to what what we're preaching over here, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what is BMR, and mm. why does it matter? So, I want you to talk about in the way of like energy, and then, and then I will explain the science behind it, like why you know. So let's just get into it. Go ahead. Okay. So your BMR, your is what we call your basal metabolic rate. And if you were to just literally lay in your bed, you, you're not allowed to think, you're not allowed to watch TV, you're not allowed to move around, you're not allowed to do anything, you just lay in your bed like a vegetable. This is the amount of energy, or food in our case, because food is energy, right? This is the amount of energy that your body needs just to survive, your BMR. So your basal metabolic rate is a number that we get from your age and your height and your weight. And that number is the amount of food that your body needs to function. And I'm going to say this appropriately, okay? Yep. Appropriately, not sort of half-assed, not like, well, my digestive tract will kind of work and my lungs will sort of breathe and my heart will kind of beat. Not that. It's like, so it can fully appropriately move and do what it's supposed to. Yeah. So my BMR or basal metabolic rate, according to my sex, my height, my weight, my current weight, not my past weight, not my, right. like what I want my weight to be. Right. right? And yeah. this is that that's another thing too, is like, mm-hmm. you gotta be realistic with yourself. Right. So mine is actually around 1,800 uh, calories. So I have to intake at least 1,800 calories for my brain to brain, my heart to beat, my lungs to breathe, my muscles to contract, yeah. right? Like all those things for my feet to just move for um, everything, for everything to wiggle your fingers, <laughs> wiggle yeah. your fingers. Yes. Yep. Wiggle your toes. Right. Blink. That's how much. Uh, yes. Blinking. Yes. So those are the things that are just autonomic, right? So the things that we don't think about what we're doing, right? The things that happen uh, uh, naturally, right? That's how much calories I need to eat just for that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason why this is important is a lot of people think, you know, you hear like the 1,200 calorie diet, right? Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem with my clients, and I'm sure the same thing with yours, is that a lot of people under eat. And we think, you know, coming back to that uh, example that if you go out to, you know, a, a cafe or a coffee shop or whatever, right, and your friend gets like, like two croissants or two bagels or whatever, and they don't put on weight, and then you get like a nice healthy sandwich, and you're putting on five, five pounds the next day. Well, it's not just like that one sandwich. It's really thinking about like, are you actually giving your body what it needs. And then from there, we can understand if my body only needs, I'm going to use me as an example. If my body only, just to survive, just to lay in bed like a vegetable, is exactly how you explained is phenomenal, is perfect. Mm. If I need just 1,800, 1,200 would actually put my body in a shock. 
And so with that being said, I need 1,800 calories to just be a vegetable. That means that my ATP, which is the currency of your energy, right? Um, so it's very similar to this. Our, our metabolism works very similarly in a way like country to country, currency to currency, right? So we could do like U.S. to the entire Europe because they have euros, right? So we could do like U.S. to U.S. dollars to euros, right? And whenever you go to from U.S. to Europe, when you do the transfer, you're losing money. When you go from Europe to U.S., you're gaining money because the the currency, the energy is bigger, Okay. So that's the same way that eating for like eating enough plus you're now you're actually, you know, taking a walk, you're homeschooling your kids, you're <laughs> talking to clients, you're reading mm -hmm. a book, you're cooking, you're going to work, you're thinking, you're right, you're doing all these things. And we're like, no, no, I still need 1,800 calories. No, now at that point, I need around 2,300 calories right. in order to sustain my own health. We're not talking about weight loss. We're talking about Correct. my health. So yeah. with weight loss, you don't actually, a lot of people, that's why you hear when you hear people say, and I'm, and I'm, like I said, you can definitely tell us about your clients and what they're feeling and what, and what they're seeing. But I'm seeing so much of like, oh, like this person lost weight and they are eating 500 calories more. Well, that's why, because you haven't even started at like the 1,800. You started at like 1,300 calories, right? So this is where you can actually develop chronic illness symptoms is seriously mm -hmm. under eating and not giving the ATP. So let's say you're going from US to Europe. You're literally just continuously losing, losing, losing. You're just losing yep. energy. The more time goes by, you're losing more and more energy to the point where your body goes into shock and it gives you symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will, I will speak to this. Like I have a, a client currently. So this is a current client that I'm working with. We've been working together about seven months now and she has this crazy inflammation. Her inflammation markers are super high, just general information, inflammation. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. that could be like a thousand fucking things in the body. Cool story. So yeah something that we worked on the very first six months was what we call reversing her. So I will say this, there's two kinds of people. There's two kinds of people, one kind of person that will chronically under eat, but they'll eat enough if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. you're not going to be like, so maybe your, your BMR is 1300 calories and you're eating like 1450 ish on a good day. Right. Okay. Well, you're still giving your body a little bit of enough. But what ends up happening, the way I, I describe inflammation is you have these fire alarms and these fire alarms are trying to be, you know, they're set off and your body's trying to put out these fires, but then you're not giving it the energy or the food that it needs to, to put out the fires. So then what happens? The fires get bigger and then they get bigger and then they get bigger. And then you're like, oh, I'm getting all this weight, but I'm barely eating. Well, you're actually, the, the weight you're gaining really isn't fat necessarily though. It's inflammation. And so we are now at a point where she came to me eating, I swear, about 1,300, 1,400 calories. And we reversed her about within seven months. She's finally, finally eating right around 1,700, 1,800 calories. And wow, nice. Yes. And I actually have two clients that are up at, at 
same, same situation, two clients, but this particular client it, and she's losing weight and she's like, oh my God, but I ate two Oreos and then the scale went down and then, oh my gosh, I ate 1,842 calories and then the scale went down. I said, that's because you're serving your body and your body's saying, thank you for finally listening to me. So yes. much, thank you. Um, but then I say you have your other, like I said, there's two. So there's somebody that's kind of chronically under eating, barely eating over their BMR or sometimes even under eating their BMR or eating under their BMR. Ooh. Then you have the person that will literally eat a thousand calories, a thousand calories, a thousand calories, a thousand calories. By the time Friday comes, they have no capacity to give a crap. They're so effing irritated. Their body is tanked. Their energy is shit. Their mood is low. And then in walks wine and potato chips and pizza. And then all of a sudden we only ate a thousand calories a day, but now we're way over here on the other end of the spectrum eating 4,000 calories in a day because we can't take it anymore. And we're just, we are literally, our body is starving. It's saying, you need to effing feed me and I'm going to make you do it. So those are the two kind of typical people that I, I work with and that I see often. Um, but those that even are those people that eat way over, but under their BMR originally, they only, they only ever say, well, I barely eat. I, well, I barely eat. Well, no, because on the weekend, we're eating quite a bit. We're making up to that. But then the problem becomes is that it, the body doesn't know what to expect. And Correct. so then the metabolism's like, our bodies are smart, ladies. Like, our, our bodies are really effing smart. And they're just like, oh, well, you're not going to feed me again. I already know what we've done this rigmarole like 65 times. I already know when Monday comes, you're not giving me food. So I'm not losing weight. And you're out. You're done. And what you just explained, Sarah, is a natural phenomenon. It doesn't happen uh, because of your genes. It doesn't matter coming yeah. back to like, oh, I'm Italian. Like, oh, that must be it. Like, I'm big boned. <laughs> yes, I'm big boned, right? Like any of that. Like this happens to everybody. This is a natural phenomenon. It's an example of a negative feedback loop. A negative feedback loop. Another example of this is sweating. So our body does this naturally when we are running, when we are maybe nervous, maybe you sweat more under your armpits, right? Uh, maybe uh, you are in a hot state, unlike Michigan. Maybe you live in Florida. Maybe you live in Texas, right? Yeah, maybe you do that. And so you sweat. It is a natural reaction for our body to keep at homeostasis. So then yep. it sweats. It creates through our skin. It says, oh, I can eliminate this through my pores. So I'm going to do that because that's going to keep me at homeostasis. The same is true for the opposite, for being cold. Same thing. If we are, you know, in Michigan and maybe you are walking around in like shorts and a t-shirt in 30 degree weather, you know, and you're not shaking of cold, we need to talk. But if you are and you're cold and your body signals to you, yes, you know, I need more layers or you start shivering or right, all that stuff. That's a natural phenomenon. Whether you are two months old or 80 years old, whether you are black, white, Asian, European, doesn't matter. This, I, also, and it doesn't matter your diagnosis. And it doesn't matter your diagnosis, right? So this is supposed to happen. Let me say this too. It's supposed to happen. If the body did not do this, if the body did not sweat, if it did not tell you that you are cold, if your body is not gaining weight after you have just severely malnourished your body and then during the weekends, you're really like, well, great. Now it's like Saturday night and Sunday. I'm going to go and, you know, 
go gung-ho on this, right? Your body's supposed to do this. And that's this is very, very a, a, an important key factor here. If something, you, and you mentioned this about Weight Watchers. Hmm. If, if you are coming back to a quote-unquote diet, if you are coming back, if you say, I'm starting over on Mondays, my friend, that's not sustainable. Nope. You should be able to show up for yourself, Sarah. You have been doing this for how long and you've been able to sustain it for how long? Uh, I started eight years ago, 60 pounds, probably been about four years now, four and a half, five years. Okay. That's sustainable because over the longevity of what you have built for yourself, helping you heal that those inner dialogues, those inner victim phrases, yeah. those inner, you know, what happens to me if I actually do change this part of me? Mm. What a, right? Because that becomes right. the other thing, right? So BMR, basal metabolic rate, we need to get a very good hold on this. If you do not know yours, literally Google has, I typically don't say go and look things on Google, but Google has a little literal BMR calculator based on age, sex, height, and weight. So go and do that and go check it out. Like I said, mine is 1,800 around 1,800, 1,200, 1,800, 1,820, my God, um, around there. And, um, I actually looked mine up uh, before I had kids, before I got married, before any of this, because I was that person that I was severely under eating because I had major, major uh, like debilitating depression. And then after I had that, I was on the verge of um, of being diagnosed with that very similar to to like you didn't want to get diagnosed type 2 diabetes. I was yeah. like on the verge on that border of being bulimic. So trigger warning here. Um, it was very, very hard to see my body change because I actually became more diverse in my eating. Yeah. And this is where we like I, I want to kind of hit this home, if if you will. When you have a chronic illness, when you have chronic symptoms, it is so much easier speaking from experience, it is so much easier to say, I am going to do an elimination diet. I am going to not eat these foods. I am going to shrink my list of foods that I'm going to eat. That's actually easier. It's easier, right? Doing the hard work is going to put you into that longevity. So I did elimination diets. I did keto. I did. And that put that was a diet that put me severely under um in calories i was not hitting anywhere at one point i think i was eating a thousand calories every single day um and that put me severely under that's when my like depression started right it like all these things and a lot of times and i say this wholeheartedly i mean like this is like what i do but a lot of people think that their chronic symptoms are not reversible because you are eating diverse, because you are eating the breads, because you are eating a big breakfast, because you are so like, that's not going to help me. But 
Can we talk metabolically why this actually happens and what is total daily energy expenditure? Like why, you know, I'm alive and I'm doing so much in a day and I need to give my body all this energy. Why is it actually beneficial to know also your TDEE and to be able to eat diverse in that way? So I'm going to put it into perspective of how I work with clients specifically. So when I go to set somebody's macros, because I know you don't necessarily work within those numbers, right? I, that's how yeah. I do work with clients. However, it can be very dialed back. So some people have no clue how to track their food or what they're looking at. And so we, we, go ahead. Also, yeah. uh, you do, you do macro counting for just a period of, of their, of their program, right? Yes. So I'm not a believer mm-hmm. in you should have to track your food forever for the rest of your life. If if you have to track your food forever, we did not do our job educating you. That's serious. Oh my God. Can you say that louder? Can you say that loud for the ones in the back? <laughs> if you have to track your food forever, we did not do our job educating you. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's why people, when they come to me, we are not tracking macros. That is why. Because yeah. I hope that we are able to heal that food relationship. So yes, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And I will say that that too makes it difficult when, and I'm just going to throw this in there, when a client comes and their sole focus is weight loss and it's like, cool, we lost weight. But if I can't teach you how to reverse out of this and then maintain that weight, because your maintenance, what we're going to talk about your TDEE, your maintenance looks a lot different than what a deficit looks like, or even a surplus if you're trying to put muscle on during a bulk, right? Like all these things come into play, which is why you guys, if you don't have a coach, I highly recommend you get, just get in, like I have a free Facebook group. Like I talk about this stuff all the time and why these things are important. So, and I know Jenna has a, a Facebook group as well and she talks about poop and it's great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Any day, any day, really, truly. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, so anyways, so TDEE is our total daily, our total, total daily energy expenditure. So what this means is, is this is the amount of energy that we use outside of once we open up the door and we're not a vegetable anymore from our bedroom and we walk out into the world and we start doing things, right? We make breakfast, we get kids to school possibly, right? We drive to work, we work all day, we use a lot of mental energy. Maybe then we go work out, then we are using a lot of physical energy. So your TDEE is what the, the amount of energy your body spends doing all the things that it's supposed to do, right? So when a client comes to me, the very first thing I do is I have my own calculator that I use. If anybody's listening and you want like, shit, I don't know what my BMR is. Hey, click on me, send me a DM. I'll get you your BMR. I don't care. Right? You need to be eating at least minimally above this right here. Okay. Um, and so I see what, what is their BMR. Then I go in to see like, what does their training look like? How active are, are you? What do you do throughout your day? Are you training five times a week? Are you training zero times a week? Are you walking five times a week? Are you walking zero times a week, right? And so then I go kind of, there's like a little little bit of a list from like sedentary, like sort of kind of movement a little bit, lots of movement, like way, probably too much movement. (laughs) Um, And so there is, there is such a thing as too much movement guys. Um, And so from there I go and base like, Hey, let's get an idea. So where I start is like, it, it, calculators are great and they're going to give you an idea of where to begin, but there's no calculator that's going to spit out 1,472 calories. And then that's exactly what your body needs because our body lives within ranges. And so I'll get an idea of where I want this person. 
Sometimes I modify. Sometimes I put them in between numbers. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, let's just start here. Or I'll just have people, hey, let's track your food and see where are you at? What are you actually consuming? And do we even need to make an adjustment? Like, yeah. Maybe there's, maybe it's just a little bit, Hey, we need a little bit more protein here, a little bit more fat to support the hormones. Maybe our carbs are great. Maybe we don't have to do a lot of like crazy rearranging. I was talking about that with a client today. Like we are so used to making such hard lefts and hard rights that sometimes not making very big moves. We're like, well, I'm not doing anything. There's nothing changing. Nothing's happening. Shouldn't I be doing this? Shouldn't I be doing? No, we don't always need to be doing something to get the change that we want. Give your body enough time. Yeah. Pause for that pause. Yeah. So, so that's what, that's what we do. So, so your TDE, so then I will base where, where's this client at? Has this client been dieting? If they've been dieting before they come to me, the likelihood I'm going to put you in a deficit. I'm going to flat out tell you when I get on a call with you, I don't think you can go in a deficit right now. Like this is just irresponsible of me. I will not be negligent. I will not put somebody below their BMR. I will not be negligent. Um, and some people don't like that. And I'm like, well, then I'm probably not the coach for you because yes, while I'm a quote unquote weight loss coach, I'm also a coach that is going to stay in line with her integrity and yeah. safety. And I'm going to teach and educate you why we don't need to be so scared of food and why it's okay and how to use it. And so there's just so much to that. And so then that's kind of where I start with them. So like where, how active are you throughout your day? Um, and then also noting that not every day is the same. Like today is a is a major um, mental load for me. I had check-ins this morning, took my kid to the dentist, came back, did more check-ins. I did go to the gym. Now I'm recording this podcast. So there's a, I have a lot of energy kind of expending yes. today. There's a lot yep. happening today. Do I probably feel like I'm going to be hungrier today than maybe I was yesterday? Probably because I did legs too. So again, more energy because I'm moving more weight doing legs. So, so a, f- a few things there. So you mentioned something because because you did legs. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Can you explain to people a little bit why does that matter? Because this is the thing: no two days are the same. No, no. two days are the same. We need to come to this realization that I know. I am a I am a type A perfectionist and I do want oh gosh do I like every night I'm like please lord don't let my children wake up with like like insane energy please let them just like wake up and like let let them maybe even sleep in so then like I don't have to get up and start doing all the things all at once and like can can I just have like an easy day can I just like yeah. you know you know right like we all sit there we're like this would be the perfect day like if I were if I were to ask myself what would be the perfect day it would be slow it would be slow going for a hike you know coming back taking a nap you know but that's not it so every single day is different and every day we are more uh mentally uh our energy requires more mental focus more physical focus maybe right and those differences uh of energy is different. So if you are someone that does work out, right? And I yesterday I did shoulders and I was like, wow, my shoulders are great, but like I I I came home and I had so I did this at um 6 p.m. last night. I went we went super late to the gym last night. I did a two and a half mile walk and then I did shoulders because that's where I'm at in my life right now, which also matters. Um and I did shoulders and I came home and I was like, yeah, that was a great workout. But when I do legs or when I do glutes, I'm like, give me food now. (laughs) So 
<laughs> yes. And I respect my body doing that. I do eat more. And I just want to say another quick note. I want you to tell us why this matters, why legs, why doing glutes, why we can feel more hungry, why to respect that. And also I just did my total daily, ed- day- total daily energy expenditure just now. And it's actually more than it was before mm-hmm. because of that. So yeah, you're we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm training. Yeah. So legs, let's talk about all the different muscle groups that we have in our body. Um, so we have shoulder muscles. Shoulders are made of a super duper teeny tiny muscles. There's lots of them, but they're very small, right? Our biceps are a little bit bigger. Triceps are a little bigger than shoulders. Chests are a little bit bigger than that. Then we hit our lower body, right? Our glutes, largest muscle in the body, quads, hammies, right? I'm not lifting a hundred pounds over my head with my shoulders but I am lifting, let's say 185 pounds with my legs when I squat or when I deadlift and I'm using my full body for a deadlift, which is still technically like a lower body, but it's considered full body, right? I'm, I'm moving 250 pounds as I'm pulling that up. The more weight that you move in the gym, the more energy your body has to use and it's going to expend. So therefore you're going to be more hungry. So the larger the muscle group that you are training, the more food you're going to need because your food, your, your body is going, I'm fucking hungry and I need to eat. Please feed me because you're expending more energy. Um, and it can go the same way with the, the mental piece, right? We talked about this. I have a client that just started going back to school. She's 52 years old. She's been a stay home mom. She is a retired nurse and decided, Hey, why the hell not? And here she is at 52 years old after having been home for probably about 10 years or so, I think. And she started school like the, like the middle of January. And I pre-framed this. I said, I just want you to be aware. Notice your hunger cue. I said, yeah. because you are going to expend so much more mental energy, be prepared that you will feel more hungry and you need to eat because of that. You do need to feed that, that hunger cue. So. When we are when we are going into our hunger cue, I I can't help it. We gotta talk about grendel and leptin. We have to. Yeah. Acknowledging your body's hunger cue is acknowledging grendel and leptin. Grendelin is going to be your hunger cue. Leptin is going to be your fullness cues. These are hormones that literally tell us exactly that. Oh, I'm hungry. And there's eight types of hunger. Okay, eight types, which is wild. And all of and all eight use all five senses. So seeing, hearing, smelling, uh, touching. Um, and when we say like hearing, there can be like the difference of um there can be a difference of like um um the hu- the hunger cue of hearing can also be a package opening, right? Yeah, that can liquid in a glass. Liquid in a glass, right? That bacon makes me pee sometimes. <laughs> bacon sizzling in a pan. You can hear that. Yes. Water and boiling. Then, exactly. But then there's also hunger where it's also visual, where there's two types of visual, where I see it, this looks really good, and the heart, the heart relationship where I see this, like as an example, Stuffed cabbage rolls is something that we typically eat during the Christmas time. And if I have it any other time, I not that I have a hard time eating it, but I'm not as hungry for it. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, like, yeah, it's good. But like, 
maybe instead of like two or three at a time, maybe I'll just have one, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's queuing in into your hunger and your fullness queue. So if you're not doing this, so let's say that like you had a very mentally hard day, you you got the kids ready for school. Uh, you got yourself ready. Uh, you went to work. Uh, maybe you had a good day at work. Like let's let's keep this that at that. Like we're not dealing with like yeah. drama and emotional stuff. Like right. we're just simply talking like, wow, that was a great day. Like I did all my right. stuff. Yeah. It was a great day. You went to work and you know you did the work right. Yep. Eight, eight hours and you're like, woo, like yes, right. You come home. You cook dinner. Uh, you get ready for the gym or you get ready to go outside or you take your kids to practice, whatever it may be, right? And it's just overall a good day versus maybe a Sunday where you wake up, maybe you sleep in, uh, maybe you're not getting the kids out the door, maybe you're not even getting, getting yourself ready, right? All those things. And you're just kind of hanging out, vegging out for like maybe the first half of the day. That Sunday versus like that Monday, because that's how different a day today can be. You need to acknowledge that those days are different. And so mm -hmm. because of that, your gremlin, which is your hunger cue on Sunday, may actually be lower. Yep. Your fullness in return is also going to be lower. This is where a lot of people complicate things. Oh, yeah. like I'm not that hungry, but I keep eating this and I don't know why I can't stop, right? Grendel and Leptin work in parallel. They don't work like opposite of, of each other. They work in parallel. So when you feel more hunger, you're going to feel more full. When you feel less hunger, you're going to feel less full. So make sure that you are queuing in and make sure that you are saying, okay, yes, like this is what, this is why this actually helps me out. This is why, okay, on Sunday, I can have, you know, uh, uh, the, okay, coming back to this, that what I can add in, right? So let's say it's it, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Maybe you have like wings and a pizza. Cool. Why don't you add some like veggies on the side? Call it yep. a day. Right. Um, yep. and don't starve yourself either. Like have the breakfast, have the breakfast, enjoy the breakfast, right? That's where those things come into play. If we continuously ignore our hunger cues, ignore our fullness cues, we go to the gym and we work legs and we don't, we're like, I'm going to ignore and I'm going to drink water. We're coming back to that energy. We're coming back to what your body's supposed to do. You are now starving it. The next time you do this, it's going to have double the effect and the everything just gets more and more amplified the more times that you ignore your body. So I want to touch on two things that you talked about just now. Number one, notice that when I said that we we look at numbers really too finite. And I know there are some people that feel like, well, counting macros is too obsessive or counting calories are too obsessive. I truly think it's the relationship that we have with food that makes it that way. Because understanding that as you're talking about your Sunday to your Monday, you're not doing the same thing more than likely unless your Sunday and Monday are identical or, or whatever. Maybe Sunday is not your normal weekend whatever day that would might fall on, right? Yep. It's going to look different than the days that are around it, which is why I always encourage my clients to understand that we live in a range. So mm -hmm. I might prescribe somebody 1900 calories, 120 grams of protein, maybe 70 grams of fat and the rest are carbs, maybe 150 carbs. I don't exactly know off the top of my head, right? Cool. Can you yeah. just come within plus or minus 100 calories, somewhere 150 calories? 
And can you come in with them plus and minus five to 10 of each of those? We don't yeah. have to, everything doesn't, our bodies are not calculators. This is why calculators are great. They can give us a starting point, but we have to learn to be flexible with those things. Um, so that's one thing I want to touch on. And then the other thing that I wanted to touch on as you're talking about like suppressing the hunger cue, I can't tell you how many times I used to go like, I'm not hungry. I'm just thirsty. I'm going to go drink some water. I'm just, I'm just going to I actually, did you know that your hunger can actually be thirst? Um, and I don't know the science behind that. So maybe you can touch on that for a second, but, but I will say stimulating the hunger cues is something that I do work with women that I work with specifically on because they are pass on the breakfast or just get the sugary coffee on the way to, to work real quick. And then they consume the caffeine. They have no protein in their body. They have nothing in there. And they're just now their blood sugar is going to go up, then it's going to tank. And then they're going to become trash pandas <laughs> essentially, or we're going to tell ourselves that we're not hungry because we're going out for dinner and we know we're going to be a little bit more splurgy on dinner. And so we skip breakfast. We have this like a carrot for lunch we're like going out, going out. I can't eat anything else. And then we go out and we become literally again, a trash panda because we've told ourselves we're not hungry. We're not hungry. And then you get into this restaurant and then you're all of a, all of a sudden you're faced like first in chips and salsa and the whole bowl is gone. You're like, <gasps> what did I just do? And it's what you're talking about. Well, you, everything got stimulated. Your eyes were stimulated. Your, your salivary glands were stimulated by the smells and the sounds and the, all the things. And now it's like, feed me, bitch. I want food. And so your body, you're going to eat. And that's, so it's like stimulation of hunger cues. If, if I notice that the, like, a, a, I would say like a red flag for me for a hunger cue is, well, I don't really, I'm not a breakfast person. No, you've become not a breakfast person because you have made yourself that way. Not because you can't eat breakfast. So I'm going to talk about that because that's actually one of my favorite things. Um, when a client begins working, when we when we begin working together. Um, that's actually the first thing we focus on for two weeks is just eating breakfast. And many people, uh, they're like, that's it. And I'm like, that's it. And, and you know how this, hard that is. <laughs> right. <Wait>. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and things, things always, it, uh, again, I don't want to like scare anybody off. Like, oh my God, like I really haven't had breakfast Jetta in like since I was a little kid, you know, right? And now you're like maybe in your 40s or your 50s, right? And you're like, man, I haven't I haven't done it. Like, how do I do this, right? It's always you start easy. So I want to I want to do a tangible and then I'm going to explain the science behind it. So the tangible is if you haven't had breakfast in a very long time, start small. Just have one piece of toast. That's it. Okay. And then slowly build up on that. And when I say build up, like build up on the toast. So like maybe you just are doing a toast So maybe you're doing like just a toast, right? And uh, you're like, okay, that felt good. And then you have your coffee and then maybe your hunger cue then kicks in, right? Cool. Then you can have eggs. You can have some boiled eggs with, you know, something, whatever, or whatever you want to do, right? Literally, literally, whatever you want to do, whatever just popped into your head, literally, whatever. If a Pop-Tart popped into your head, fine. Go but eat it. Have, go eat it, right? Go eat That's it. fine. That is fine. What isn't okay and why this isn't okay and why having breakfast before coffee is actually super ideal for your metabolism, your mental health, your hormones, your gut health, your literally everything is due to the cortisol 
insulin relationship and cycle. Okay. Our, our body works in cycles. Our circadian rhythm, which is a 24 hour rhythm. Uh, we have the infradian, uh, which is arguably uh, the, the menstrual cycle, but this is for all mammals. So women and men. So no, it's not just your menstrual cycle because men don't menstrual, but they still have that cycle. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So go tell your husbands that, by the way. <laughs> I always I always ask my husband, I was like, what phase are you in, buddy? Because like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you see like your husband or your partner like being like kind of weird, you know, just let them be, you know, be like, okay, yeah, you're going through your cycle and I'm not going through mine. Fabulous. Yep. And maybe you guys synced up because that's yeah, also yeah. a very real thing, right? Yeah. So it's a real thing. Um, and then we also have the way that our body fluctuates in blood sugar cortisol, insulin, inulin, adrenaline, leptin, right? All these hormones actually have a cycle. You are supposed to have a, um, I call them like a flow, like a river, not peaks and extreme drops in blood sugar. Same thing in cortisol, same thing in insulin, okay? And cortisol, um, I don't have a graph, but I'm going to try to paint this picture as clear as possible. And after, after I say this, if, uh, if you have questions, please just DM me about this. So we have in the 24 hour cycle, our cortisol actually takes a pretty big up, a pretty big increase between the hours six and 8 AM. So in that time, cortisol is continuously going up, going up, going up, going up. If you are not feeding your body and now you're also giving it caffeine and sugar, now what you're causing is your cortisol to go up more and stay up for a longer period of time. So this is where we're talking about saying, have the breakfast and really whatever it is, but just have something uh, because now you're actually giving your body that signal, oh, okay, I don't need to continue going up because you're actually giving me the energy to come back down. Mm -hmm. Now, insulin works in in opposition, okay? So insulin is actually pretty low and it actually goes more up the further in the day. So at one point, uh, cortisol and insulin actually kind of do like a crossover, which tends to be between the hours three and four, which if you are having uh, like regular meals and you're still feeling that little bit of like, I need to wind down between the hours three and four, that's why. That's another thing that like a lot of people are, are like, oh, you shouldn't feel fatigued or you shouldn't. Blah, blah, blah. You should feel a little bit of like, oh, like, hmm, maybe I, I could take a rest. I could take a right. And that's coming back to listening to those cues, what your body is giving you. So that's why you're feeling that. And then insulin slowly continues going up and cortisol continue going down, preparing us for sleep. Now, a lot of people think like, what? Insulin goes up as you sleep. It does go up until about 10 p.m. And then this is why the optimal hours to even go to bed, which is why sleep is so important for your metabolism, is between 9 and 11, because that's when insulin starts going back down, okay? And cortisol keeps going back down. So what you're doing by having breakfast is literally letting your body flow with the cycle that it's supposed to. Again, coming back to that negative feedback loop, 
the sweating it's supposed to, the feeling cold you're supposed to, right? The holding on to, you know, the food and the fats and the things because you're starving yourself, that's supposed to happen. This is the same thing. So have breakfast. If we have learned anything in today's episode, it is to have breakfast. Great for your metabolism, great for your hormonal health, your mental health, your gut health. Everything just becomes, it's kind of like, like, okay, why do I have breakfast? Because I feel better. And then when I feel better, I'm a good person. When I'm a good person, then I have a good day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's all connected. connected. So that's the science. So like Sarah, keep doing your thing because Mm -hmm. this is why you're helping women. This is why. And again, you and I, Sarah, we do not so similar things, but the basics Mm-hmm. are so they they mesh they're not even yeah. it's not like similar they they mesh within each other yeah so um so this is why again please have your breakfast if you don't feel hungry and then i want to answer that question too of um you know oh if it's not hunger maybe it's thirst right how yeah, does that I, I, you know i just actually saw a whole um you know i don't know the what's trending right now on instagram it's like uh, waiting for all the women who did X to find my account. And somebody posted that they're like waiting for all the women who said, I, I'm not hungry. I'm thirsty to find my account. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. Oh, that's funny shit. Because I, I, and this is no, this is like no shade. That used to be me. Like me too. All these, like all these things that I used to do, like, and it's not me like poking fun or making fun or anything. It's like, I am no different than anybody else. Probably listening to this podcast. I've done all the things, probably more, probably worse. Who knows, right? Or the same, but it's like it's, it used to be who I was because I thought like that's what society told me it had to be until I figured out society is pretty wrong about like the majority of things. So <laughs> majority of things. <laughs> this this comes in correlation with a with a like ancestral eating and like eating like you know how you grew up and whatever. So this whole thing actually came to be. This is like a fun little history fact. So like. Drinking instead of eating, drinking water instead of eating was actually the way that women and men, but mostly women back in the day, like when, when like, like the 1920s, when like things weren't so hot, you know, in Europe, like in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, right? Things weren't so hot. This is actually how people saved money on food. So it had like nothing to do with like, you know. And this is also very funny. So the reason why I did this was because my grandma, so my mom's mom, okay, she is that person that taught me that. And then she's like, and also you should probably like if you're also hungry, but like you just had a meal and to her having just a meal is like two hours, two hours ago. And again, this is another thing that is very demonized and it's not it at all. Please snack. Okay. Please snack as well. Um, so she used to tell us, mind you, I was a little girl. Okay. So this is this episode, like if you have a daughter and like you are struggling, yep, me too, me too. And you're struggling to like have that good food relationship. Sometimes we don't realize how young they, they come to the perception of things, right? I was a little girl. I came, I came in the States when I was almost four, I remember when she told us this, I know that I was not, I I know that I wasn't eight. I think I had just started gymnastics. So that was like in between five and six years old. 
So that's very young. Mm -hmm. And I was told, we'll have water instead. And so when you're hungry, you can't, you can't always be this hungry, Jada. Like, you can't always be this hungry. And I was like, yes, I am. I am always this hungry. <laughs> um, I'm always, till this day, I'm always that hungry. Like, food to me, like, I'm dancing in my chair. I had on, on Saturday, we went to a networking event. Yeah, I know. And... I had a different event. I couldn't go to that one. I was very bummed. I know, but you also <laughs> went to, to a really amazing event, too. I saw that. I did. I, I saw did. that. Um, so Bethany, okay. Do you, do, yes, you know, yeah. Bethany. Okay. So Bethany yeah. for, for the listeners is someone that is also in our community here in Metro Detroit and she's a nurse practitioner. She's like, you want to go out to eat? And I was like, yeah, let's go. You know? And we had tacos and we were like literally dancing in our chairs after these shrimp tacos. I was like, oh my God, this makes me so happy. You should be doing that. Like, congrats, you're human. Food should make you happy. Mm -hmm. So anyways, and my grandma was like the type of person like, yeah, you should drink and, you know, knock you in into your hunger. But then also, also, you shouldn't snack. And if you're going to snack, just have like the – she would tell us to have the corner of the bread because the corner of the bread is hard and you have to chew and that's going to burn calories. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And that just goes back to show, like when I talked about in the very beginning, like my parents didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows, but you don't know until you know more. <laughs> yeah. I can, you know? I can only tell you that's what crazy. I know. Yeah. Right. And that's what she knew. That's what she thought she knew. You know, that's what she did know. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's, it's, it's an interesting too. I wanted to actually touch on this early and I'm kind of glad you came back to this in a way, which is talking about like food can make you happy. So I literally just posted on TikTok this holding about cheat meals. Like, Red flag. If a coach tells you you can have yeah. a cheat meal, red flag. Red guys. flag. Not yeah. That coach. Sorry. They're, they're not a good coach for you because cheating has negative connotations. So I went through a gnarly divorce. I was cheated on multiple times in that marriage. There is nothing good about cheating in my yeah. brain. In any way. No, there's like nothing that's, that's positive. When I think of cheat, I'm like, all I think of is my dirty ass ex-husband. Okay. Like that's what I think about. When I, <laughs> when I think of cheating, I actually do relate it back to food actually, because that was like, especially being in the gymnastics world for so long and being around like the professionalism of being an athlete. Right. It was like, oh, like, oh my God, I can have like half a donut. And like, I'm over there. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, here's a donut. Here's like, cause I was like, whatever, you know, I, Jenna I again, is bathing in donuts. She is I was bathing like bathing. <laughs> yeah. You know, the unglazed ones that those were, you know, but like for energy, actually, to be very honest. So like noodles and donuts and stuff like that, that actually like helped me because we were at these meets for like hours, four hours at a time. Right. So like, how do you yep. keep your concentration? How do you keep, you know, you're running and your ATP coming back to ATP, you're running and then like, boom, you got to hit the vault or boom, like you got to do like, right. So there's a yep. lot of that energy, that ATP that is sudden that my body needed. And that's the best way that the body, the body actually prefers carbs and glucose yep. for energy. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me because that, that cheat meal, that that some coaches or even people in general like to bring into the equation, the problem becomes is that then all of a sudden that food is seen as negative. Well, I'm going to have a hamburger and French fries. It's my cheat meal. Well, now that's negative. Pizza becomes negative. All these things become negative. And then again, that goes back to kind of circling around to you've probably undereaten all week. And then all of a sudden you go in for the kill on this cheat meal. 
and you can't stop. And it becomes pizza and cheeseburgers and french fries and ice cream and bowling alley fries and who else knows what. Like all these things that you're going to do or even alcohol. And then you just submerge yourself into this. And then what ends up happening is you get on the scale the next day. And you're like, shit, what did I do? Then the scale goes up, not realizing it could be a thousand other yeah. things besides just this food. It's not fat. And then we spiral, spiral, spiral. And so the biggest, I think, takeaway from this is we need to be eating food. We need to not be so scared of it. And I say that like it's so simple. It's not It's not easy when this is the MO, what we've been taught, what we know. When I grew up in a Seventeen magazine, Cosmopolitan, Victoria's Secret yeah. Angels, Cindy Crawford, and you look at all that. And I knew growing up, I don't look like them. I don't. I don't have anything that they have. So what did I do? I just around myself and more food because that made me feel better in the moment. And then it didn't. And then it did. And it's like this mm-hmm. cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so constantly under eating or eating really close to your BMR or under your BMR and not eating what your body actually needs to even just survive for crying out loud. Like this is something that we really have to start changing with women. I mean, I men too, but there, there are men that have these problems, but ladies, like we need to not be so afraid of to eat food and understand how it can help us and use it. Like use it to our advantage to get where we want to go. You want, you want more energy. You want to not be such a crappy mom because you feel bad because you've like yelled at your kids all day. It's probably because you are, have no carbs. You have no energy. You're at capacity and you're snapping at everybody and everything. You want to be a better coworker. You want to be a better wife. You want to just be a better friend. You want to be better. All these things. This is probably a great place to start. If you're noticing some of those things are like really off. So. Uh, everything that we just talked about, not once did we did we mention like you should take a supplement for this. You should take a supplement for that. <laughs> and this is like bringing it all home. So um, so I've been on my own, you know, chronic illness journey, really like putting my foot down into my gut health and my gut microbe for the past 17 years, which is crazy to say. But this all started 17 years ago. And um, this is more and more and more. So the more time that I am, you know, creating a podcast and the more conversations I have here, the more time I'm on am in the online space, the more that I talk to chronic illness people, the more people are very, very reluctant. And I say reluctant, like heavy reluctant. I don't want to say they resent, but they're like, ooh, at the fact that they maybe work with someone that even even someone that does weight loss or even someone that does like food relationship and wellness and they're still pushing supplements they're like man i want to because i know this is going to help me but like you know and and like this feels okay i like i feel better like yeah i feel better so like right and and then you like you get the high pitch answers yeah i feel better like okay like right <laughs> again this comes back to sustainable And uh, again, bringing this all home, what Sarah and I both do, we don't do it with supplements. We don't have like partnerships with supplements. We don't like, we never did. We never will. These are the things that her and I stand for. And the reason why this works and outbeats everything is coming back to this, that exact thing that I said at the beginning of this episode is the longevity of it. So Sarah, you've been doing your your journey, your wellness journey, really for eight years. I've been on mine for 17 years. I want just, just like, 
no sound, no nothing. I literally want to give you one minute. Maybe maybe one minute is a, a little too long, but 30 seconds, 30 seconds. I want to give you 30 seconds right now. Dial in real quickly right now. Stop what you're doing. If you're like folding laundry, if you're washing dishes, if you're maybe if you're driving, maybe like keep driving, don't like stop, but just <laughs> tune in. <laughs> tune in right now and ask yourself what I'm doing. Is this, can I keep this up for 10 plus years? If the answer is maybe, it's a no. It's like a, Heck yes. Heck yes, this is doable. Heck yes. It's not a maybe. Like maybe if my kids don't like wake up at like 530 in the morning every morning, like maybe that's not that's not realistic. We can't control those things as much as we wish we could. We cannot. We can't control what our boss does, what assignments we're given. We can't control our kids, what time they wake up. We can't control uh, what time the gym opens up. We can't control these things. So whatever you're doing right now, if you're like, maybe, then no. If if immediately it was like a no, then change something. In order to have a different result, you need to do something different. different. And, and um, one, one piece I want to add on to this just really super fast is, when I get on a call with somebody to see if we are a good fit, to see if we should work together, because that's something important to me, um, I swear. And if somebody doesn't know that or doesn't yeah. get along with that, like, that's okay. Uh, you're, I'm probably not the coach for you, which is okay. I have lots of coaching friends. Jetta is one. <laughs> I'll just refer you to her. Um, but yeah. in all seriousness, I always, you know, it's very difficult. You're talking like we don't do supplements. I don't do anything that's tangible. Nothing that I give you or help you with. I'm not giving you a supplement. There's no box showing up at your door. I do send welcome gifts. So that's cool. And birthday, presents, yeah. but, but yeah. I don't, there's nothing that's going to show up at your door in, in three days, the containers that you're going to track your food in. Or, there, there is none of this thing. And that's something that I always, is very difficult to portray to somebody or to explain to somebody. And so the best way that I explain what I do is, for so many years, you have tried to change your entire life. How many times have you said no to things? How many times have you cleaned out your kitchen cabinets and put all new food back in because you can't have this, you're not allowed to have that, take all the Oreos out, do the things, all the stuff, right? How many times have you changed your whole life mm -hmm. to make this work? And the difference about what I think we do, um, and, uh, and I can only speak for myself, but I already know this is true for you too, is we figure out how to make this fit into your life. Your you should life. never have to change your whole fucking life. There are things that are going to change, but you're not going to get, we just said you have to change things. We want something different, but it, in a way that it's like, it's going to fit in. It, it's not that you have yes. to rearrange everything that you're doing to make this piece work. It's, it's completely the opposite of that. Actually. I think that's the big key here. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, with all my clients, like, it's like, Okay, we're whole body. We're whole body healing. Yeah. We're not just yeah. like, you know, right? Um, this is why we talk about like sex and poop and you poop. know, and all, we talk about everything because yeah. everything everything makes up everything else, right? Like yeah. 
Right. So if you're not having great bowel movements, that's going to affect your mental health. It's going to affect the way even even uh, 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 psychologically, but also physically, like if you're not having great bowel movements and you're bloated, you're like, man, I can't put on these these pants today. Now I need to put on sweats. Right. And like, but you need to go on with your day. Okay, then that affects your hunger cues later. It affects your mental status later. It it affects the way that you're communicating with people. Right. It affects these things. So, you know, again, if we want to think of everything again nothing in the body happens in isolation absolutely nothing um um i want to do just one last thing because i said that i was going to do it so my uh, total daily energy expenditure right now is 2180 calories that's a lot Mm -hmm. so if you're listening and you're like holy crap 2180 calories that's a lot it is and I think I surpassed that on days that I do legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, to be very honest, I think, like, even today, I'm going to do, like, like what I ate in a day type of deal. So we're recording this at, it is 1, 1 p.m. right now, so just afternoon. So thus far, thus far, I've had two pieces of toast with eggs and with uh, salmon. And then I had a handful of pumpkin seeds and Brazilian nuts. And then I had one apple. And then I had cheese with tomatoes. And then I have like literally what we're done recording. I actually have my rice pilaf with chicken drumsticks and with veggies. And it's 1 p.m. It is 1 p.m. This is how much I have eaten. But the again, nutrient dense is way different versus caloric intake, right? Yeah. Well, that's a whole different podcast about when I first started doing this, it was all, if it fits in your macros, it was like Weight Watchers points. Well, cool. I can go eat a blizzard for 12 points, but now I have 10 points to actually eat real food. So that's not really effective. Um, That's a whole different Mm -hmm. podcast. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. But just as an, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say that as an example of like, these are the calories that, you know, what according to calculations and according to this episode, this is how much I need to eat. And I know as a fact, like I'm, I'm at like, uh, 1,200 ish, 1,300 ish calories right now. And it's 1 PM. Like we still have a whole lot because we're doing veggies and we're adding, we're not like, oh my God, two pieces of toast because I had salmon and salmon is really low and it's really great in omega-3s and really great in so many nutrients. Again, nutrient dense, right? So that comes back to that. Go ahead. No, I was just going to give for reference, right? So I'm 5'6", I'm 40 years old. My uh, BMR is just under 1,600. And I would probably place myself right in a moderate range. So four to six hours of training-ish a week. So my TDEE doesn't doesn't include if I train a little harder, train a little longer, train whatever, yeah. right? Just average right around 23, 2400 calories. Again, All right. it's a yeah. range, right? So it's a range in that matters, guys. It it, it, it matters. Yep. It matters. Yep. Eat, food, eat, food. eat food, eat food. And like again, if it's and be happy. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Be, food, happy. be happy. Yes. And uh All right, Sarah, well, tell us how people can find you and uh, what you got going on. Sure. So I have my podcast and uh, it's called Don't Call Me Skinny. Actually, it's rebranded now. So it's like the basic bitch presents Don't Call Me Skinny. 
Um, but that was a phrase that I used to hear during my weight loss. Like, how much skinny are you going to get? Why are you so skinny? How, why are you, oh my God, you're so skinny. And I was like, I'm not trying to be skinny, but thanks. So, uh, so don't call me skinny kind of came out of that. Um, and then I work with clients one-on-one. I work in group coaching settings where I have a new group, group coaching program, the fat loss basics that's going to be launching mid-March. Um, and then, um, on, on Instagram, you can find me at that wife fit mom. So, and uh, I'd be happy to chat with anybody. I, I'm a chatter. So I love, I could talk about this shit all day long. I'm really annoying. And my kids would also appreciate if somebody else talked to me about this besides me talking to them about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we want to mention uh, the future collab? Do we want to mention we can. that? We haven't like, we haven't like defined it, but yeah, I would, we haven't uh, defined yeah, it, but it. like yeah. it's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell everybody okay. what, what the collab so, is. So the collab, I mean, the basis of the collab is we talk a lot about like, obviously I'm here for like the, like the, the beginning stages, right? I am definitely the person that can help you learn how to drink water better, get in some more protein and those kinds of things. I can, I'm the weight loss, right? I can help you lose weight if that's like the goal that we're trying to get to, or I can also help you get strong. Um, but there's a lot of other things that I don't know educationally wise that Jetta does. And I think, you know, I'm very focusing in on the basics. Jetta is also the basics. And so we're going to be teaming up. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, but I'm really, 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 really excited because there's definite things that I know with my own clients that are kind of like, this isn't right. Like we've reversed and now we're in a deficit again, but nothing's really happening. Nothing's moving. And so I'm educated enough to know what it could be, what the direction is. Maybe we need to go. But we, on my podcast, you and I, we talked a lot about staying in alignment and staying in within your scope of practice. It would be out of my scope of practice. And I talked a lot about integrity. That's a big piece of what I do. It would, would be to start telling these people to do things, telling my clients to go do things that I don't actually know are appropriate, safe, um, uh, or any of those things. So that's where Jetta would kind of come in at some point and kind of help me guide them a little bit better with actual protocol that makes sense for them. Yeah. Finding root cause. Why are yeah. things, why, why things worked and now they like stopped? Like what is happening? Yeah. Is it hormonal? Is it nutrients? Is it mal- malabsorption of nutrients? Right. Stuff like that and vice versa. So like, I don't have certificates of, for like fitness and stuff like that. I don't, I wanted to, and I just, I, I just, so much just concentrate on nutrition. I just love it. Now I'm going back to school to just be a doctor in nutrition, right? So this is my jam. So I'm going to go in that direction. And Sarah, you're doing like the fitness part of this and together, um, that's the collab. So again, we have not like refined it yet, but we know that there is going to be a collab because we have already discussed that this is what we're going to do. So more details on that. Um, so again, if you're listening to this episode, um, you are the one of the first people that actually know about this. So again, there's this is why like listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast and listen till the end because you could be missing some really good information. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Again, all the information on Sarah and all the links will be in the show notes. Please go check out the show notes. Also, if you really enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review, five-star review, four-star review, two-star review, you know, whatever. Leave us a review because we want to hear your thoughts. We want to know, did you like it? Or you were like, man, like Jetta's crazy, you know, Sarah's crazy, you know, whatever it may be. We (laughs) We want to know. So then (laughs) we are. We are crazy. (laughs) 
in a good way. <laughs> in the best way. In the best. Um, hopefully the FBI, you know, is is not listening. Oh, they're listening. <laughs> Trust me. Dude, my phone's been bugged since like a year and a half, two years ago. But since he's applied. So it's epic. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Um, so yeah, leave us a review so we know how to better serve you. Uh, thank you again for staying until the end. Until then, until the next episode, rest but don't quit.